welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. Jump right in, because I, I feel like God wants to do some stuff at the end of the service. The worship team's going to come back up and, and do a song. If I don't know everybody in the room, my name's Landon Snow. This is my wife, uh, senior leaders of the church. Thanks so much for being here. If this is your first week, uh, hopefully you find family. And if not, you just get blessed and, and make Baton Rouge a better place. So um, I do have a message that's been on my heart. I would say it's been kind of weighing on me in an appropriate way, appropriate burden of something that I want to share. I, I want to talk about kingdom responsibility. I've been in the season of my life of learning God as him being the Lord of my life. Um, if you pay attention to the, to the ways that God will move in seasons of your life, he'll teach you different facets of his nature. I've learned God as a son, being a son. I've learned that being a brother of Christ. I've learned him as a lover, and I'm still in my process and all of those. But for 2019 for me, what I felt like he said was, I'm going to teach you what it means for me to have lordship over your life. And I feel like the number one thing he's teaching me is responsibility, about taking responsibility. I want Cedar House to be a group of people that take responsibility for the kingdom mandate and for the things that God has put before us in our life, saying yes to what God has put before us and and wanting accountability and to be held responsible for the things that God's put in our life. See, this is, uh, this is what happens. If you are someone who doesn't want responsibility and you don't want to take on responsibility in your life, what happens is you age, but you don't mature. And when you do that, no one wants to be around a 50-year-old infant. You, you, your, your body is aging, but you're not growing. And, and, it's, and it's absolutely catastrophic for the people around you. And so the, the moment where you level off and say, I'm not going to take any more responsibility for my life, is the moment you stop maturing. And learning how to take appropriate responsibility for everyone else around you is a really big deal. I'm, I'm going to speak to the men here for a second. Um, this applies to women too, but just being a man, being a, a husband, and being a father of four. Um, when a man does not take the responsibility of being a husband... And being a father, that he should be take up the role as provider, protector, and spiritual covering of a house. The ripple effect of that decision weighs so heavy on his family, they can't recover from it, and then it bleeds out into the community. Uh, it's, it's my conviction that uh, men not taking up the space they're supposed to take up in society is probably the number one issue. And so it, it's, it's a responsibility issue. You, you have a responsibility of being a husband as being a father. And when you don't do that, the family is almost irrecoverable. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And so the way that Paul puts it in the Bible, he, he's talking about it in the context of sin, but if I could just kind of take some grace to kind of stretch it. He says that everyone's responsible to carry their load, but we should share each other's burdens. You can look at it like this. You're responsible to, to take up the space that God has called you to take up. But if you're having a hard time and there's a burden on your life, that's where community comes in. But when you ask me to take your load and your burden, I can't do that. And it puts an impact on the community that is, is, is almost not fixable. It's just too much. Now, listen, I'm not saying you can't have a bad day. 
you, you understand what I'm talking about, but, but being responsible for the things that God has given you in your life is very, 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 very important. Responsibility is not something that um, should be pushed off or that you should hide from. It's a privilege. And God is looking for people that he can put more on, not less. Okay. Jesus said this prayer. For some of you, this is going to be repeat. For some of you, this may be life-altering information. Jesus said this prayer. He said he, he was teaching us how to pray, and he said, when you pray, I want you to pray this. On earth as it is in heaven. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' desire is for us to take that mandate and make everything around us look like heaven. So apparently there's this place where God lives, where there's so much unity, there's so much yieldedness to him, there's so much presence where he has this kind of perfect domain and dominion. And Jesus was aware of what that looked like. And so when he came to earth, what he was doing is he was manifesting that everywhere around him. So you can notice that Jesus brought order to all the chaos. Jesus brought alignment when there wasn't alignment. If it didn't exist in heaven, it wasn't supposed to exist on earth. So, for example, there's no sickness in heaven. So if there was sickness around Jesus, he would just take care of the problem. You guys with me? And so, listen, you're really important. You're a part of this mandate. You're a part of the people that are supposed to bring heaven to earth. The enemy wants you to make you feel like you're not important because he doesn't want you to know that you can take up that much space. But the truth is, is that you are called to that mandate and you are called to that mission. This was not a nice flowery suggestion from God. This was a militant apostolic commission to take what is going on in heaven and bring it down to earth. Okay, so we're all in that assignment together. You guys with me? On earth as it is in heaven, right? Okay, so Jesus in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says this. He says, go ahead, Mike, you want to put it up there? Boom. That's all right. So when Jesus had entered Capernaum, nope, the one before that, Mike. Yep. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Okay. There's this moment that we call the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, there was a transfer of responsibility I'd like to suggest to you this wasn't like a little bit of transfer of responsibility. Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me, and I'm giving it to you. Now go and make disciples amongst the nation. This wasn't like you take 20% of it. This was a 100% transfer of responsibility. So we are held responsible now for carrying out the Great Commission. Now, as a believer, um, I've been you know, a Christian my whole life. And we get excited when he talks about power and authority. We love that. We, we love talking about I, with the authority that Jesus has given me, with the power of the name Jesus, we really sit on those topics. And I think, I'm, and I'm all for that, we should. But I think part of the problem is we like that because it feels free. It's like he said we have power and authority, so we just like, we just assume we have power and authority. Well, how many of you feel like you're not actually walking at a high level of power and authority? Can we be honest? 
we, we love talking about that power, man. We, we wish in the power of God, and, and we should, but it, it feels like it's like this cheap underlying, like, well, it's just, it's, there's power and authority, so I just, I'm just going to say I have power and authority. But, but in this moment, what's happening is a responsibility transfer. And, and I believe if we don't understand the responsibility that comes with power and authority, I don't think he's going to give it to us. Now listen, it's his mercy to do that. If God gives you a bunch of power and authority, you don't have the character and the responsibility level to take it, it's going to crush you. So listen, the, the underpinning of taking the power and the authority. If you want the power and the authority, we have to understand the responsibility that comes with it. We have to be people who want to say, I want to be held responsible for this. I want to take on the responsibility and the mandate of the Great Commission. I want to take on the responsibility of everything that God has put on my life. And I want to be held accountable for it. And when you do that, God will start to pour out power and authority. Here's the thing. I've been, I've been being taught now uh, uh, the theology of on earth as it is in heaven for 15 years. I've been teaching it for 10 years. And the only people that I see walking in it are the people who understand the weight and responsibility that comes with it. We can talk about it all day. You guys awake? Come on, you got to be with me here. This is a weighty, meaty sermon. I'm just jumped, so I took out all the fluff for the sake of time. Um, it, it just is what it is. We, 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 we can't, we have to be people who step up and say, I'm going to take the responsibility for it. I want to be held responsible for this mandate to bring heaven to earth. Um, okay, so that all sounds good. At first, we're all like, yeah, I want this responsibility. But here's the problem. That is not our natural disposition. We are not people who run towards responsibility. Our sin nature is to isolate and blame. Like, I don't want to be held accountable for everything going on, so I'm just going to kind of shift it over here so you can take it. Um, Dan Fairley is dean of students at, at Bethel. He said, um, I hear everyone yelling freedom in worship. No one's yelling, I want more responsibility. <laughs> but I'm, I'm only 36. I've lived a pretty good amount of life at 30, by 36. And, and I would tell you, I, I think that freedom, true freedom, is found in taking on the responsibility. Listen, it's not, we can't fall into this escape mentality of like, so Christ is, is for freedom, he set me free, and if, the, if he set me free, we're free indeed. That sounds good. That's just, that's not so we have some, no weight of responsibility in our life. I would say the exact opposite. I would say if we're going to experience that amount of freedom, we have to say yes to the responsibility that comes with it. If we want the peace that passes understanding and we want him to create a table for us in the presence of our enemies, that means I have to take on responsibility in the midst of chaos. Listen, you got to get that. When Jesus, in the biblical times when he's talking about peace, it's never, you're never on vacation when he talks about you get peace. It does, it's just not true. It's, we love, we, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. That means we're in the midst of chaos. We're in the midst of responsibility. We're in the midst of taking on responsibility. So listen, we mistake living in rest, which I teach on all the time, for doing nothing. His, his yoke is easy and his burden is light doesn't mean that we're on vacation and we get to check out all the time. When Jesus said he was finished on the cross, he was finished. We're not. We have a lot to do. There's a lot left to do while we're on earth. If you're here, there's a lot to do. Listen, you cannot bring heaven to earth watching Netflix all day. 
that that's escapism. I love Netflix. Me and Stacy love watching movies together. But you understand what I'm saying. It, it's we we're trying to run from it. We, we don't like responsibility. I don't want to be held responsible for it, so I'm going to run from it, and I'm going to I'm going to shift my life to avoid it as socially normal as possible. But if you want to see really successful people in life, they're ones that say, "I want the responsibility. I'll take it." And I'm I'm telling you what we felt here during worship, which was a presence that was very sweet. If we want more of that, the weight of that has to come with people who say, I want to be held responsible to steward that. Amen? All right. There's a story in the Bible called Faith of the Centurion. And I I probably bring this up in a sermon like once every three months. And I just, it's an alarming scripture. And I think that everyone should be made aware of it. And I think it holds so much truth in it. Uh, I'm going to read it today. So, Mike, you can put it up. It was the one we just, just tried to cover. Okay, so this is Matthew 8, uh, verses 5 through 10. Okay, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? All right, Jesus is saying, I'll come and do it. Do, do you want me to come and heal him? The guy says this, uh, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. When... Oh, that's it. That's verse 10. Um, okay, you got to catch this moment. Jesus is willing to go heal a man. The man stops him and says, hey, all I need is the commission. All I needed you to give me permission, and I can actually carry it out. What the man is saying is, I want responsibility for it. I get how this works. I have people that work for me. I just need you to give me com- the commission and permission, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to carry it out. And it says this, Jesus marveled at this man's faith. This man shocked God because he understood organizational structure of the kingdom. Now listen to me. He equated faith to this man taking responsibility. Faith to him wasn't an intellectual think and dream really hard and like hopefully it happens. It was like, man, I'm going to, this dude is taking this and running with it and the miracle happened. The, the guy came, he said, Jesus, hey, I know you're willing to do it, and I appreciate it. I, I can do it. I get how this works. Just give me the commission, and I'm going to go do it. This, this man is saying, I want responsibility for, for what you're talking about. I'll take it. I will take responsibility for what you're saying. Just give it to me. And he shocked God. Have you ever thought about, like, you surprised God, probably with your sin life in college? <laughs> he was probably like, whoa, man, I didn't expect that one. But this man shocked God with his faith. He shocked God with his faith. Like, outside of the church, I, I get to work with, um, I, ha- I have people who work for me, and I get to work with CEOs and business owners. And the, 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 the not, the overwhelmingly, the thing that I hear is they have employees that take up space and say, hey, I'll do it. That person always gets favor. Always. <clears throat> Let's say you've got five departments in a company, and there's this task 
that like kind of bleeds into all of them and like no one wants to own it and they keep pushing the responsibility to another department oh, that's accounting oh, we'll, we'll put that in logistics oh, that's in sales that whole thing when somebody anybody goes hey I'll take it the leader immediately just in their mind is showering favor on this person I'm not kidding it's just someone saying, hey, I'll do it. I'm not going to push blame. I want to be held responsible for this task. I'll do it. I, you, can, you can give it to me. I'm okay with that. I'll take it. And favor comes when you say yes to that responsibility. When you run from it, the employer always sees it. You think they don't, but they do. Everyone I work with, they're in a position of authority. Now take God. It's the same thing. He, he's looking for the ones he can put weight on. This is uh, such a big deal for me. Uh, Stacy and I raise our kids. We have four kids. We raise them with this. Um, it's a parenting style we use called love and logic or choice and consequence. And it's based on this. I'm, I'm going to empower my child to choose. I want them to know that their choice matters. And I'm going to give them a consequence when it doesn't pan out. Choice and consequence. We want them to understand logic. Um, typically, this type of parenting style, their deductive reasoning is very high at a young level because they know, if, okay, if I touch the pan, it's hot, and I need to think on my own. So a child, uh, take my five-year-old, she'll spill the milk, and she looks at me like, oh, no, Daddy, I spilled the milk. What she's saying is, I'm transferring responsibility to you. You need to come clean up the milk. Well, the parenting, the, the, the love and logic model is, Oh, no, that's a bummer. What are you going to do about that? It's, here's the responsibility. She's trying to give it to me, and I'm trying to teach her, no, you're going to keep that one. You, you can't give it to me. Or, or this one. Oh, no, that's a bummer. Are you going to clean it up with the red towel or the blue towel? Because you're going to clean it up. Like, I'm keeping the responsibility where it is. Now, here's the thing. That's okay for a 5-year-old, not a 35-year-old. We are always trying to shift blame. We always don't want responsibility. And God's trying to put more on us, not less. Is this, is this transferring? Yeah. I had a lot of fluffy, funny stories in here that I can't get to today because I feel like we're gonna, I'd rather worship than you laugh more. Sorry, last week was really funny. <laughs> the Mother's Day sermon was really funny, guys, uh, but I, I couldn't keep it going. Okay, I'm going to end on uh, about these three main things that I want to cover as far as um, responsibility goes. This, this is a big deal to me, too. I always, always talk about this parable as well. So I'm going to talk about the parable of the mina. We have an understanding that we feel like when we do well, we get to take a vacation. We have this slight, it's slight, it's embedded into our minds. It's like when I do, when I get to do, I work really hard for a little bit, and then I get to take off. And we, we, this is mentality of we're, we're trying to get less on our plate. And I'm about to show you, God's trying to put a lot more on your plate. If you've joined a religion to try to find to not be held responsible for things, this is not the right one. I promise. Okay, let's read these scriptures here. This is uh, Jesus came talking in parables. When he would speak in parables, he was teaching about the kingdom. Every time he speaks in parables, there's like 40 truths in it. Um, but for the sake of today, we're just talking about responsibility. Okay. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to, to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them ten, ten mina, 
put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But this subject, but his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Okay. Gave this guy one mina, says a thousand bucks. The guy, he comes back. The guy did well with a thousand. He was responsible with a thousand. Look at this response. Well done, good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy with small matter, you're now in charge of 10 cities. Okay, you, you got to catch this. This man didn't do well with one mina, so he could then take a vacation. God saw this as like, oh man, he did good with this. I'm now going to put you over 10 cities. I need responsible people to do, okay, you're, you're responsible, great. I'm going to put you over 10 cities. I need that mentality over more. This is not take the week off and then come back and I'm going to promote you. This is, I need that responsibility and I'm going to put you over more, not less. Less is not getting, as you grow in the kingdom, God's putting more on you, not less. Okay. Um, the second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, then take, you take charge of five cities. Same, same thing. Then another servant came and said, sir, here's your mina. I've kept it laid away in the piece of cloth. I was afraid of you. Because you are a hard man, you take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. He says, you wicked servant, you, you knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why, did, why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the man with ten mina. Whew. How sobering is this set of scripture? So the one who wasn't responsible got taken from him. And the one who was responsible got added to 10 more cities. Now he says this. He says it. He says when he does it, he says, now enter the joy of your master. I want you to see this. He's equating in multiple different scriptures. When you do well, you get to enter in with joy. He's equating more responsibility to more joy. If you want to experience the joy of God, take on more responsibility. Here's the deal. God is trying to put more on you, not less. If you don't want to be held responsible for things, this is the wrong religion. Can I get an amen? Okay, the second thing is this. You, you actually cannot run from responsibility. It is always accruing in the positive or the negative. It, it, you cannot hit delete on the responsibilities of your life. Listen, this is, I'm right in what I'm saying. This is right. It will eventually fall on your spouse or your children or your children's children if you don't take the responsibility you're supposed to take. Do you know why? Because you reap what you sow. You cannot just pause responsibility and hopefully five years later I'll pick it back up and it's, it's just the five years just went away. You just walked into a really big problem and now you've got to walk through more of it. You can't put pause on responsibility. It's, it's God's love and his justice that you reap what you sow. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. Okay, I'm going to close with this. Ben, you guys can come back up. Um, hey, I, I don't teach a fear ever. I know God is a good, loving father to me. That is typically what we sit on. But uh, I, I don't mean to 
to put fear in anyone. So if you pick that up from me, I apologize for what I'm about to say. But true fear of God leads to him, not from him. But there is coming a day where we're all going to have to stand before God. And in that moment, your family and your friends are not going to be to the left or right of you. And what you want him to say is, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you would like that moment? Avoiding responsibility makes me nervous for that moment. I think it's important that you take the weight and the responsibility that God has put on us. And in that moment, he's going to say, hey, good job. You did, as, you did really well. You tried hard with what I gave you. Now, listen, the same way some guy was given one minor, one guy five, one guy ten. We, I'm not saying we're all called to, like, dominate cities together. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying whatever God has put on your plate, taking responsibility for it. This is the most non-sexy sermon I've ever given in my life. But I, I honestly just felt like, who, who Stacy and I have been talking about this a lot, like, who do we want Cedar House to be? Like, we have a building now. It's like, oh, we're like a real thing. Uh, who are we? And, and it's, I just, I just want to be around people who say yes to the call. Like, yeah, I'll take responsibility for it. Like, I'm not going to look to the left or the right. Like, I want to be held responsible for the things that God's put on my life, for the promises and the prophetic words on my life. I want that. You guys with me? Come next week. I'll make you laugh a little bit more. Uh, sorry to be so dense. It's God's fault. He became a little too strong during worship. I let it go about 10 more minutes uh, than, it, than it normally we do. So this is what I wanted to do. Just like I wanted to renew our vows. I want to renew our vows to God and just say, I want to take responsibility for the things you've put on my plate. Maybe when I said that, you thought, hey, I've been doing that. I've been dodging the call. I've been dodging the responsibility as a parent, as a spouse, whatever the prophetic words are on your life. And I feel like this is just a moment to go before him and say, okay, we're just going we're gonna to hit reset. God, I'm going to renew my vow to you. I'm going to say yes to you in this moment. I, I, I want to be someone who says yes. Amen? All right, why don't we stand? Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.